With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. One of my favorite things about this show is the fact that you guys respond. And when we <laughs> yes, went off on a yeah. rant last time about perforation warranty, many of you <laughs> chimed in and said, guys, I know exactly what that is. It's for rust. Now, specifically, it's for rusting through body panels. Mm-hmm, Not yes. just, hey, I got a little bit of rust here, but like rusting through body panels. We got a lot of emails and tweets and comments about it because every now and then we're just boneheads. Here, let me, I'll tell you the story. Then Paul's got a better, just, a better wrap up. But fine. here's what happens. Every now and then, because we spend so much time talking before we're actually rolling the, the audio, which shocks been you, like I know. like 90 minutes It now. has been, yeah. So we end up just getting ourselves all, all riled about something, me specifically. And then we just start recording, and we're off on a tangent that we didn't necessarily look up every now and then. And that's what happened with that one. And you guys are awesome for responding. So thank you. We got a lot of responses in, but we got one – one ring to rule them all. We got one that surpassed all of them. <laughs> we did. It's an email from Bernd, Bernd E in Germany. Bernd, thank you for writing in. He is a 50-plus-year-old mechanical engineer in Germany working at one of the largest Tier 1 suppliers in seat development for, quote-unquote, the industry. And he's watched our YouTube videos for quite a while now, he says, and he started listening to the podcast a couple years ago. Well, he heard our boneheaded perforation warranty discussion and described to us back some some back history about Russian vehicles striking a deal with Fiat for particular models, and he really he explained it very well. It's but the history of steel, is what it is. He it gave really us is. the history of steel. It's well, amazing. Ultimately, what he said is the collaboration between. Italy and Russia meant that in Russian fashion, the steel delivered wasn't high enough quality because it hadn't been cooked very well. Mm. And there were many contaminants that made it corrosion prone. So even though it was cheap, the steel was exported from Italy through most of Europe. And he said at that time in the 60s, this Mm -hmm. is what caused rust issues of almost every car of the time, maybe Volvo, Saab, and Mercedes, which avoided Italian steel. Mm -hmm. But he said it took several recycling loops to fix the issue, since with every melting loop, you improve the quality of steel in Mm -hmm. this specific Mm -hmm. regard. So, Bern, thank you for that explanation. It it, It helps to know some history, but mm -hmm. it also helps, you know, of course, to know what perforation warranties cover. Yes, and also it is funny because this email is – we're not going to go through it all because it is linked. It almost came in volumes, and it is practically the history of steel, but you would never have known how much – uh, the Russian produced steel that then they did for a a, a savings. Let's let's put it let's mm. put it in nice terms. They did <laughs> it in the savings, and then it, it rippled its way through the entire industry. And now we have things like perforation warranty, so you don't have to walk in. By the way, here's the great thing: random things. If your car has a perforation warranty, and it does, pretty much. Um, you don't have to get the undercoating. Remember undercoating? Remember all of those My discussions? My dad remembers undercoating. Yes. Because he sealed in the Minnesota salt yes. a week after he bought the Jeep that was my high school first car. But this was the big add-on when mm-hmm. we were kids. You were at the dealer, and they wanted to put four different undercoatings on. Not required anymore. And as a result, if you think about it, not only is that not required anymore because the, the cars are kind of made built into not rust, but when's the last time you saw a car rusted through? And how old was it? A couple years ago, it was like a 95 Taurus in Detroit. See, that's key. It's got to be more than 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So anyway, 
All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for the corrections and information. Really appreciate it. And yeah, I had to talk Todd out of his tree for the Subaru Ascent cup holders because he came home ranting about the cup holders, Mm -hmm. which is the entire focus of the video. We just dropped the Subaru Ascent on YouTube. So watch that. It's very interesting. It's not entirely the focus. We actually do cover the vehicle at length. It's an 18 minute piece. We talked about it. 18 minutes on cup holders, but we did have to take a extreme left turn. It's almost like a 180, honestly, (laughs) from what we were talking about in, in the SUV to talk about the many i won't ruin it if you haven't seen it but many cup holders that they are quite proud of in that so uh, watch that piece and we'll also rant about cup holders in the middle of it because where else but youtube can you rant about cup holders honestly this is what it's for cat videos and cup holder rants i think this is our thing right here perfect todd appeared on my doorstep after driving it kind of you know mad scientist you know white lab coat you know muttering something about cup holders and i was like okay we got to go shoot this i I showed up on paul's doorstep with a flat of water he's like what is going on i have water here yeah Yeah. hilarious guys we've got a great podcast for you we've got a couple of cool car debates first from emory m in newport beach Mm -hmm. california who i might have spent some money for yeah uh, so get ready for that emory and we've also got chris h who is moving he's an english guy moving from ireland to melbourne australia here shortly and uh asking us for some car suggestions. You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when you're trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is incredibly important. And this applies to online shopping too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. We know you've heard us talk about it before and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once so you know you won't miss that ideal car. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. If you hear some random banging and clanging and, I don't know, backup noises in this podcast, it's because they're building a house next door to where we have our podcast studio right now. And we, we can, I can actually see out of the window, I can actually see the huge hammer arm going up and down yeah, as they the beat their way into the earth. So uh, you may hear a little bit of that, and uh, that's just life, isn't it? Hopefully not. Well, we've got a car debate here from Emery. He is in Newport Beach, California, and writes to us at a moment in time where he needs outside advice, <laughs> consultation, or perhaps an intervention. Okay. His current fleet of cars is diverse and specialized. If he had That's his way, an understatement. Well, yes. Yeah. If he had his way, he would add a truck, but that is not an option. Or maybe it is. His wife, <laughs> okay. who loves cars, preferably German, would like to see him reduce the number of cars that they own. Okay. But he thinks they need to maintain the fleet and make changes or make some changes. Okay. All right. He's never been into go fast driving, he says, but he's starting to feel the need for a daily that has speed and fun plus an occasional opportunity to wrench on it. Okay. All right. So what are our suggestions to find the ideal car that drives while commuting but could also double as a fun twisty car? They have both stopped buying new cars. They're comfortable buying used. Could we get this pretty good size fleet down to two cars? Mm -hmm. And what that means for purposes of this discussion is the value of the cars in the fleet, which we'll tell you about, plus Mm $20,000 to provide the best two-car garage. Very interesting, yeah. Now, as I said, he's in Newport Beach, California, commutes up to Los Angeles and often to SLOW, and that is the acronym for San Luis Obispo, yep. probably three, three and a half hours north of him. And so we refer to San Luis Obispo just as SLOW, and uh, the commute 
up there will include definitely some traffic, but it'll include some wide open stretches depending mm-hmm. on the time of day. Totally, yeah. You can get after it. And he says he does love Pacific Coast Highway. He loves driving. It's so beautiful. And uh, yeah, you'll experience some open freeways, some open space at some points. So it's it's a mix. It's not yeah. just typical commute. Yeah, there yeah, is yeah. some, you know, higher speed. Definitely, yeah. You know, kind of driving. It's not just so that stop factors and go. in. Totally. To my suggestions yeah, here. Yeah. And he says, you know, maybe I guess this is an intervention at this point. It is because here's the thing. He has uh, – because one of the cars – Emery's got three kids, mm-hmm. okay? One of the cars, I get the sense, has actually like left town with his daughter, okay? There's a trade-out. You'll hear about it in a minute. Right. But the other two uh, kind of cycle their way back and forth because of his sons. So <laughs> at the moment, I've got a tally of one, two, three, four, five cars that are on the docket right now. Okay. So the docket like to be sold. Well, but here's off. here's the thing. That's what's on the list. The only one that might not be really here is because his uh, his second son has the family forerunner, the 2016 forerunner. So that may be on loan indefinitely and not be on the list of things to sell. But that still leaves us with four cars. He has listed them as the cul-de-sac car, the wife's car, the fun car and the daily driver. Can we knock that list down to just two? I think I can. Okay. I'm excited. First of all, the cul-de-sac car is a 1973 Triumph TR6 with about 90,000 miles, and it is covered by Haggerty. That's That's fantastic. This is a father-son car project purchased in 08. Rides great, is dependable, a dependable Triumph, like a reliable Maserati. Yes, they, they are actually in the exact same category. Telling you. Here's my reliable Maserati and my dependable Triumph. My garage is done. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the Triumph no longer leaks electricity but still leaks oil. After all the stuff done to it. There's, and there's a paragraph <laughs> worth of stuff that's is. been done, and it still leaks oil. Yeah. Because this is old cars. Yeah. He gets compliments when it's out and about, but sad sure. to say, not so much fun anymore. At the time of purchase... Emery was thinking BMW 2002 TII Very or cool. a 911. Very cool. But chickened out due to perceived complexity and expensive parts. I, mm, I Here's the thing. The amount of work, honestly, there is about 15, 16 things listed here that they replaced on the Triumph. <laughs> so my question is, really, the, the 911, the old 911 or the 2002, you think would have been more work? But the TR is now part of the family and will be hard to part with, he says. Uh, okay. All right. All right. His wife's car is a 2013 diesel Cayenne, which was bought brand new as part of a career change for Emery when he needed a nice car to keep up in appearance. Okay. This was an upgrade from an 09 Ford Escape Hybrid. Yes, that's a huge upgrade. Now this is his wife's five-mile-per-day commuter car. Like it. All right. It's the date car and occasionally borrowed for the long-distance commute, sure. which is where it shines. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great gas mileage. It even got Dieselgate money that allowed Emery to upgrade to a used S-Works stump jumper. Emery, I had a hard rock in high school. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I always admired stump jumpers. I wanted one, so fantastic. I'm what I think is one. great here is this 2013 diesel, just to keep, you, keep in mind, that means that is a second-gen Cayenne, mm-hmm. all right? Yeah. But he got Dieselgate money, said, no, thank you. I'll keep the car, and I'll buy a mountain bike. I like this story so much. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes, it's great. Brilliant. So it's running. It's got 120,000 miles, but it's running great. No reason to get rid of it, but maybe. 
The fun cars, an 06 Jeep Wrangler 65th year anniversary, traded okay. in, well, traded up from a 2017 Subaru Crosstrek with his daughter, mm-hmm. who recently graduated from med school. Big congratulations. I, look, I get queasy looking at x-rays. So <laughs> it, a med school graduate, we need doctors and nurses. Yes, so absolutely. Thank you. She for graduated graduating. med school, wanted a safer car. She had the Wrangler said, Dad, I want your Crosstrek. They did a trade. I think that is funny. I really do. <laughs> she, she decided that the Wrangler was not quite her car anymore. So now this is pulling his attention away from the TR6 because he's thinking, you know what I could do to that Wrangler? (laughs) I could put stuff on it. You know, one of the most ridiculous stories I've heard, and I wish it was a one-off, but it's not. It's the guys that put the lots and lots of light bars on their car. Yeah. And if you look close, this isn't always the case, but it's happened more than once. If you look close at your local cars and coffee to the big lifted Jeep with the spikes on the wheels and the light bars, the light bars aren't connected to anything. Sometimes they're not. They're They're bolted on, but there's no wire that goes anywhere, which means that's decorative now. That may as well be a fake hood scoop. It's, it is the fake hood scoop equivalent on a Jeep, isn't it? I decorated my Jeep. I did. I, I put lights on it. Yeah, okay. So he's thinking about doing lots of crazy stuff like that. Uh, but he hasn't gone too crazy with money yet, and he keeps realizing how much it pulls him away from the Triumph. The Daily is the 2014 Mazda 6 Grand Touring, six-speed manual, 2.5. Bought from his number one son is, a, is the Daily, as I said. Replaced the Crosstrek, much more comfortable to drive. Says the manual is smooth shifting, but the engine lacks punch. Yeah, lacks I can turbo. See that. I can see that punch for sure. Punch equals yeah, yeah. turbo. <laughs> so the longer wheelbase is good on the Caltrans expansion joints, and for those of you who live in California, you know about those. Oh man, big time. He says the tech is okay, but so much better than the Crosstrek. He does like the four doors, so you like the bigger space, longer wheelbase. I get it. And then, as Todd said, the aforementioned Forerunner currently on loan, but maybe going to Sun Number Two. So yeah. I think that's off the table. Let's just leave the Forerunner. I think, it, I think it's gone for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I had an option, and uh, I <clears throat> you're just going to have to bear with me because, okay. Emery, I think you're at a point in your life where you need to celebrate a little bit. Oh, Celebrate, okay. right, enjoy. Right. Good, good. And I, I have a recipe for you. Okay. It's not an inexpensive recipe, <laughs> but I think it's possible. You have listened to this podcast, and you did write to us, so brace yourself for money flying around. Yeah. <laughs> I listed on my notes here, I said option one, and I don't have an option two. So option one. <laughs> option one. This is our option. The only one. This is Here, here we go, Emery. Brace yourself. We're going to sell the TR6. Are you? Okay. I'm going to sell the Cayenne. All right. Maybe the Jeep, but that might go to your daughter, so maybe that's off the table. Sell the Mazda. I'm also leaving alone the Forerunner. Yeah. And we also have to add one ice cream scoop of money. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay. He had 20 grand to put on top of it. That's more than a scoop. Let's say the TR6 gets him 10 grand. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Cayenne, maybe ten grand? Uh um, eight to ten? Probably a little more than that. Okay, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm being conservative here. Yeah, I, that's fair. That's fair. The Mazda, maybe ten to twelve for that? Uh I looked him up twelve on the high side, yeah. Okay, so we'll say ten, so that's thirty plus the twenty you you mentioned before. Yeah. That's fifty right mm-hmm. there we, yep. we gotta work with. A little bit of additional couch change in there. <laughs> okay. And what I recommend is that you buy, even though I know you said you like used cars and you rarely buy new cars anymore. Mm-hmm. How about a new Honda Ridgeline? Interesting. Keep for going. For your wife. Keep going. Here's why. You mentioned you need reliability. You've been thinking about a truck. Yeah. And you already have an SUV that your wife drives. True. Now, the Ridgeline is unique 
because it drives like an SUV. It It is a truck and does most things that truck owners need. You've got mm. a truck bed for truck needs. You've got a locking trunk, space for four adults, an SUV-like ride, new technology, yeah, and that's yeah. a Honda. Interesting. I see where you went. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah I They it. start at $33,000 new, but maybe you could find a 2019, very similar. Yeah, yeah. Up front, honestly, you think you'll be driving a Passport or a Pilot. True. That's for kind true. of the feeling that it gives you. Yeah, for sure. But then you need trucky stuff. You can go do trucky stuff. stuff. Yes. Okay. So that will say 33 to 40-ish, somewhere in there. That uses up a hefty chunk of the budget. But Most of it, yes. If we just That's if you buy that car outright. Okay. You've got maybe a down payment left over to get yourself a GT car. I'm thinking GT mm. car because okay. right. I wouldn't usually recommend a GT car for a commute, but you said you're commuting north. Mm-hmm. For a few hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to encounter some high speed. You're going to be at night sometimes. You're going to mm-hmm. want something luxurious, mm-hmm. comfortable, fast. You can also do track days with it. Mm. I don't know if you'll be needing to do too much wrenching on this, but I don't think you'll complain. Any Porsche 911 you can afford. <laughs> I was thinking in the $60,000, $50,000 range, somewhere oh, in there. Okay. But did where? Hang on. Where did all that money come from? Uh, well, the extra ten or twenty left over goes for a down payment, and then you just make payments. Oh. <laughs> so we I have one see, car bought outright. Okay, now and then you. the rest of the Got money, it. yes, is now going towards the down payment for this new GT car. All right. Okay, I see it. Okay, and I was thinking the fifty sixty thousand range because any nine eleven in that range is great. But how about a twenty sixteen Mercedes AMG GTS? Ooh, for sixty one. Thousand dollars, sixty-one nine hundred. A lot of car for the money, really. Sixty-one nine hundred. This particular car that I found on Auto Tempest was one hundred thirty-seven thousand two hundred eighty dollars, brand new. Which means it's you're getting more than a fifty percent discount. It's like on a fifty-five percent off. Yeah, on a four-year-old Mercedes AMG GTS, which is br- it's blue. Do I have sixty? Does the show have sixty grand? Holy cow! <laughs> Do we want to all collectively get together to get sixty grand? Wow. Okay. All right. Here's why, Emery. It's a German car. Your wife likes German cars. Yeah. You'll have a German car. Yeah. You'll have the truck, the SUV, and the you know everything utility you need to do wrapped up in the ridge line. Mm-hmm. You don't have to spend very much money. Let's say you buy used. Let's say you spent you know thirty on a used ridge line, mm-hmm. and then you have at least thirty to go plop down a down payment on your sixty thousand dollar GT car, which means you've now got a German car. It's luxurious. You go to dinner. The pride of ownership yeah, in this yeah, thing, yeah. I see it. it's very see it. unique. Road trips, and you've got speed and fun. Yeah, I see it. I do see it. Now, on either of these cars, a lot of money, but I see it. Ford AMG, <laughs> your insurance may go up, mm. but your tire budget might go down because you're going to two cars now. <laughs> His overall gas budget might go down, too. There's a lot of yes, cars in play here, yeah. Because it's got you know really wide tires, and you're going to chew through those commuting. But yeah, who yeah, cares? Yeah. You've got a Mercedes AMG GTS, and it's just sculpture yeah. for 61 grand i found four of them in that price range that is i can't believe they're down that far. Uh, that's a lot of car for the money uh, yes wow okay but one one more slight push one more slight push <laughs> let's go further save your money just hold on okay, maybe right, get the ridge right, line right. for now okay and hang on to something okay just in in time to get your c8 corvette delivered to you <laughs> okay all right order it this way a 2lt with the gt seats the z51 package and no extra carbon fiber bits and you'll save a little bit of money there but okay. still prepare to spend about 80 <laughs> but okay. get this emory sure. you're sure. gonna be the happiest commuter on planet earth 
They are cool. They are cool. I like Imagine the pieces we've got coming Imagine commuting forward. in that thing. It's not a commuter car, but for the open freeways and Pacific Coast Highway and the higher speeds and the fact that it can do the GT car thing, yeah. you can track it. Yee. Well, little side note here, and this, this is something so simple and so brilliant in that car, and we talk about it in the piece, so it's not a big spoiler alert here, but it has a rear-view camera. That depending on how you use your rearview mirror, you can look through the rearview mirror, which honestly, look, I'm a guy that owns a mid-engine car that has classic mid-engine visibility, which means poor. <laughs> which means okay? none to poor. The, the C8 has poor rear visibility. Mm-hmm. But the, the rearview mirror has almost edge of blind spot to edge of blind spot. Yeah. With your three mirrors set up properly, there's nothing you can't see in that car. I can't believe how much the rearview mirror camera, it's the camera on the back of the car, yeah. but the rearview mirror is this wide angle you can't get any other way. It goes more than edge to edge of the rear bumper of the car, and I couldn't believe how much it transformed the ability yeah. to drive it and just know where you were. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. So imagine commuting on the thing because you've got the magnetic yeah. ride mm-hmm. with the Z51 package. Okay, so that changes it from a comfort standpoint. But you want to go, who you want to get after it? Speed and fun and put your order in now. And then, you know, you're from now, get your car, maybe sooner. But you've plopped down that down payment. And then you're only making payments on one car. How happy are you? Well, as a guy that doesn't normally buy new cars, I'm wondering how Emory is taking this right now. The, the, the great thing about this podcast and this show, Emory, is that Paul and I are not the same person. and We go different places. <laughs> so uh, you, have, you have gone on your own little we pathway, do. my friend. You do. Okay. All right. Is that, are you done there, I, Corvette? I'm done. That's, all right. I told you. you spent a lot of money. One. You spent a lot of money. I didn't I like continue it, typing to option two. Okay. All right. Uh, I want to run through your cars right now that, that you currently have, Emory, and I want to talk through those, and then I want to jump to my idea. First off, this Triumph TR6. I, I get that you rebuilt it. I get that it has history. I get that it runs better than it should, in spite of the fact it's still leaking oil. Mm. There's no mention here of when and if you drive it. That's true. It, I very much get the sense it rarely ever gets driven. That's the way this is written here. So my question is, how often is it driven? And because I don't think it gets driven much, I know this is tough. I think it's time to let it go. I'm Tough love. I have been nice to you when I get down to the bottom. I've let you keep it. <laughs> but I still think the right call is that it goes. Mm. All right? Wife's car, the Cayenne diesel. I am at a demeanor right here of ain't broke, don't fix. You're saying keep the diesel. Your your wife loves this car. You love this car. It works very well. You have a mechanic that knows it really runs wonderfully, good gas mileage, great for everything it does. There isn't a con on this entire list about this car. You don't say one bad thing about it. So I'm sitting here going, your wife likes German cars. She's in love with this thing. It's the best car you both ever owned. On and on and on and on and on. Just keep it. Mm. So the Cayenne stays. The fun car, the Jeep Wrangler, there's no mention that you're an overland guy or an off-road guy. I think you're looking at this and seeing it as, you know what I could make that into? For a project you... Something you don't even do. I mean, that's more of a beach truck than anything, but it's fine. You don't need to do anything to make it a beach truck. You well, take and, the doors and he's off talking and about good. he's talking about taking it and making it a little more overland friendly. But yeah. you don't overland right now. Yeah, it's it's that's not a part of your lifestyle. Yeah. And so I th- I think because look, we're all this guy. Just so you know, I mean, we're all this guy. We'll look at a car and be like, you know what, that would be really cool for. Even if that doesn't match our life, I can look at a Honda Ridgeline and be like, I'd like that for bikes. And then I'm like, I'm not going to buy that. <laughs> Okay. Hey, I, I look, look at, at monster trucks. I'm like, I would use that 
Um, I look at Ford hmm. Raptors and decide I need one, and then I shake it off and go, "Why? <laughs> For what? Because that's yeah. not me at all." But I, I can't, yeah. I can't help myself. I turn, I still turn my head. Ra- Raptor goes by. I'm like, "Oh, that's cool. They're and amazing. Like, what on earth?" So we all do this. I think you're looking at that Jeep and seeing what it could be, mm. but I don't think that's something that's going to get used. So I don't. I okay. think that's going to go. Okay. And the daily driver Mazda six goes. So, but I love that it's a manual, by the way. So where I'm going here is this: we are on a bit of a selling spree. I think. The Triumph should go, mm-hmm. but for right now, I'm taking you down to just the Triumph and the Cayenne. Okay. I'm leaving the Triumph for the moment until you can decide you're actually ready to part with it. I think it's time, but I know that's a lot to swallow. Okay. Keep the Cayenne. You love it. It's great for your wife. That's no problem. So we're selling the Wrangler at roughly eight grand and the Mazda 6 at roughly 12 okay, Roughly good. twenty grand. You've 20. got an extra twenty grand you're willing to bring to the party. That gives me forty grand to play with. If okay. you sold more, you'd have more to play with. Yeah. But I want to say this as well, because I think this is a key element here. I think the jump, we're all here as car people. The jump from I have just the cars I need. I have my wife and I and two cars in the garage. True. We've talked about this a lot of times on this podcast. The jump from I'm going to buy an extra car is a tough jump. I think. Sure. Although he's got, he's proven that he can. No, I know. I know. I know. I'm saying in general, as car people at large, I'm saying. Yeah. That jump where you decide I'm going to buy more cars than I need, more cars than I have drivers, Mm -hmm. is a big jump initially. I actually think, though, it's harder to downsize. You do? Because you start to make, you start to make excuses for, yeah, but, but that one does this thing. Yeah. The truck that gives, I think once you've justified it, and you have the three or the four or the five or the six cars. Because if you keep in mind, you talk about the other cars that he's bought his kids. There's a lot of cars in play here. True. Once you justify that many cars, it's really hard to go, yeah, I don't need all those many. So my tough love for you is this. We're going to pare down and we're going to wait. Oh. We're going to see what you need. The Cayenne is there to do everything. Yeah. I'm going to take your money and I'm going to say take twenty grand. Out of your forty grand available, okay, and buy one of the following. You've said you like four doors. I'm going to go there in a second, but I think you need a BMW 228i or a possibly the generation prior, the E90 generation, E92 generation, okay. the okay. 335is. Okay, that's those what, 18 grand? 18, 20 Somewhere? grand. Great sure. car, manual transmission, really great engine. More torque than the M3. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that 335is. By the way, it's also kind of a unique BMW. All the GT things you're talking about, Paul, plus all the commuting, plus he's used to commuting in a manual. True. 335 ISS or possibly 228i if you want to go newer. Now, those are two-door. If you want to go four-door, you could go for the E90 M3 with that fantastic V8, but it drinks gasoline at an alarming rate, so it might not be a good commute car for you, but you would like that car (laughs) because the four-doors of that. It's it's one of my favorite M3s. It's really, really good. I think 335 IS is it, but here's my point. Mm. Imagine your garage, Emery, the Cayenne. And the BMW. Okay. Triumph is an outlier, but the Cayenne and the BMW. What do you need? What, what, do you, what do you need to do with a car that you can't currently do with that garage? I think you buy that BMW and you sit for six months hmm. and figure out how many times you need a car to do something that one of those doesn't do. This is your car therapy right now. Okay. Just going through because you've had you've had a car for kind of any fringe thing. You're trading cars with your kids as needs change. So my thinking is, if you have the Cayenne and the BMW, and you you go about your life for six months with money waiting in the bank, 
And then you figure out, do I need an additional car and what does it need to do? And you buy for the empty space. So you're saying not spend money. I don't understand. I know. I've completely warped your brain right now, Paul. I'm aware of this. But this is, this is my tough love for you because you said you kind of need an intervention. This is my intervention to you. Cut back. And I would love for you to cut back to just Cayenne and BMW. But let's say I mean, the Triumph stays. that's still three stays. cars. Let's say the Triumph stays. Then you've got right. three cars. If you can cut back to just the Cayenne and the BMW, now you've got two cars. But you can have a real conversation with yourself and your wife and your kids about how often do I have a car need and I don't have a car for it. I don't think it's going to be very often, and I'll go you one further. You need a truck? Your son's got the forerunner. Borrow it. Hmm. So anyway, I'm just thinking out loud here. I think that the thing to do is to pare down and wait, take a breath. I'm on. You and I have not been this far apart from each other it's, on a podcast in a while, man. It's been crazy. Todd saved you money. I didn't save you money. Yes, that's true. I mean, Paul the big takeaway here money, is yeah. AMG GTSs are $61,000. That, that's the takeaway. This is, is it re- not? Honestly, we could close the podcast there because I'm quite excited that they're is that Isn't this low. good they news? They are great news. They're not yes. going up from here either. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> they will not turn the other way. Sixty grand for that great car. We're longtime users and big believers in Griot's Garage car care products. That's because while many other brands are just rebranded versions of the same few products, Griot's Garage has developed, manufactured, and bottled bespoke car care since 1990. Griot's is also a family company based in Washington State, and they're dedicated to having the best products for every car and budget. In fact, Paul learned his crazy certified Paul-owned car care from Griot's. Now is the best time to tune up your car care routine. Foaming requires little to no work, and it also avoids some wash-induced scratches. It's the safest way to wash your ride. Try out the Griot's Garage Foaming System Complete Kit today and see what the foam is all about. Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all liquid products are made right here in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EVERYDAY for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's Griot's, G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Chris H. is an English guy moving from Ireland to Melbourne, Australia. Cool. Shortly, he indicates, and his American girlfriend is moving with him, and they'll need cars when they get there. I have to stop right here. I have to stop. I know we haven't gotten to cars yet, but I have to stop right here. Okay, um, Chris, <clears throat> she's your girlfriend, not your wife. I'm, I'm going somewhere. Please follow me. Oh. I'm not making any slaps. I'm just asking a serious question. She's your girlfriend, not your wife. Your American girlfriend that is currently living in Ireland, living with you in Ireland, mm-hmm. is about to move with you to Melbourne, Australia. Do her parents like you? This is my question because that is that is tough, man. How many conversations are you guys having about that? I say this as the crazy long-haired guy that took my wife from the place she'd always been. So maybe I'm 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 being biased here, but I am just imagining I it's awesome you guys are together. Clearly you love each other, but I think it's amazing she is already a long way from home. She is moving further from home in the other direction. Hmm. You're going together. I'm just wondering how are the parents in this? I've got a buddy named Danny who's an Irishman, and he married a German girl, and to impress her dad, he learned German. So imagine hearing German with an Irish lilt. It is the best. I kind of love that, actually. That's really good. It is the best. When he speaks German, I'm just like, I don't even know what you just said, but that was cool. That was amazing. (laughs) It's a blender of languages there. That's great. It was really cool. All right. Back to Chris's situation. He has a company car from BMW where he works. Cool. 
He'll get a new one every three months. It's a company car. I get it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. The question is more about her car. Yeah, yeah. Now, he's interested in knowing what we think he might drive from BMW and Mini as well. That's always changing. I mean, every three months. I mean, you can you, just you're going to be able to try it all. Cycle through honestly. everything. Yeah, for honestly. sure, for sure. Yeah. Now, currently, they both have a mini in Ireland. <laughs> okay. Chris's is a Cooper S hatch manual. Mm-hmm. Hers is a Cooper. Okay. And he says it. He claims it's an accident. They both got a mini. I think. Sure. I th- here's what I think. I think that's in their history. I think she was over there with a mini. And he was over there with a mini, and they met, and they both had minis, and that was part of the initial things that were similar. I'm guessing here. I'm reaching on this, but I'm, I'm, okay. I'm off into the okay. psychology of this, of this relationship here. Anyway, shouldn't be, but I am. Well, get this. She used to drive a Mustang in the U.S. I love that. Yeah. And she would love a convertible when they get to Australia. Okay. But she also wants something that's good on gas, and she can't drive a stick Notice that. at this point. True. Uh, well, I, now, now I know where you're going. All right. Yeah, go on. <laughs> The budget is around $8,000 U.S. He says, maybe more for me. He'll do the conversion rates, and he's looking forward to you know, understanding some choices. I actually went and looked up a bunch, and I've got, some, I've got some good ones that will work, but I do think I've got the car that I think she'll really love. Oh, good. All right. Because convertible Mustangs are just fun. You put the top they down, are. it's just Absolutely. fun to drive. Yeah, yeah, sure. You're just enjoying yourself. For and sure, I want you sure. to have that same feeling, mm-hmm. even though it's a smaller car, but it is within budget. Okay. I Good. completely trashed the budget on the last debate. <laughs> so Sorry, now Marie. You're, now you're reining it in. I like it. Now I'm pulling it way back. Okay. Got it. Why can't you get another Mustang? First of all, mm. could you get another convertible Mustang in Australia? Mm. Why, why not? I'm just asking. If you liked it, get another one. Convertible Mustang in Australia? Kind of cool. Okay. With that eight grand, maybe ten. How about the most Miata you can buy? Mm. But you'd need to find an automatic, which changes the equation for which model, which generation sure. you can get. Sure, sure, yeah. However, I did find a 1990 MX-5 for ten grand in Eltham, Victoria, near Doncaster. It's green with tan interior. Okay, it's manual, yeah. but it's yeah. been rarely driven. As a matter of fact, the reason it's being sold is because that family is having a baby. Mm, okay, so right. that could be. An option, but again, it's a manual, and that's why I say for now, because a fun little convertible Miata cruising around mm-hmm. Australia, that sounds great. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boxsters and Z4s are also in this category, as are the BMW 1 Series convertible, and those are for sale. Mm-hmm. You might have to go to Sydney, to be honest, and drive it back to, to uh, Melbourne. Possibly, yeah. Just to, uh, yeah, yeah. just to find some options. But the one that I think you should, should search for is the Fiat 500 Abarth convertible with the automatic. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't gone Snorty, there. inexpensive, yeah, yeah, fun yeah. to drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cute. It's fun. It's come on. It's just great. And it's got one of those uh, like um, progressive convertible tops. Yeah. You can take yeah. just the center line down or you can then to take the, the bars off. Hoop. You can take the, bo- the, the roll hoops off because mm-hmm. they run all the way from the glass like over you like huge that's a great loops. Point. All the way to the back seat. You can take those off. I don't know really where you. When we had one of those, we put them in the back seat, and we're kind of like, "That's interesting." You typically would <laughs> leave them at home. Took up the back seat. Yeah, but but you can. That. You do have a progressive convertible top. I do like that. That's good. Yeah, that's my, that's my suggestion. Now, if you can find one, sure. But they have come down in price, and they've got good power. They sound great. They're just mm-hmm. fun to be in. Is yeah, the point? I see that. I see because that. Chris, you're going to have 
a myriad of BMWs, which yeah. will solve if you need to go on a road trip mm-hmm, across mm-hmm. the country, you need to, you know, get yourself an SUV or a, yeah, you know, a yeah. bigger sedan or something like that. You can bring home some of the SUVs and try those. You can, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully get into some of the hotter M cars and that sort of thing. But hopefully you'll have an, a chance to drive a myriad of products. Clearly you will. And yeah. then, you know, yeah, if yeah. you know what you're getting, plan some trips around that. Hey, honey, Agreed. we've got this for the next three months. Let's totally. plan a trip with this and, you know, Drive up north or wherever. You're going to drive it all. I mean, one of the ones I noted there is if you have access to the whole BMW lineup, get yourself an X5M for the absurdity of it. Because you're going to have a different yeah. car every three months. Just just try one of those. Also, get yourself a 2 Series manual or an M2 manual. I mean, you have to get all of those. There's a lot of great stuff in the Mini lineup. But you're going to have Suddenly, everything. we're in Perth. How did we get here so fast? <laughs> but you're going to have everything, which is great. I don't really think we have to worry too much about what should you get in because every three-month change is rapid You'll be able to cycle through everything, and you probably will have restrictions on the other side where it's like, I'd like to get into a blank, and they're going to go, well, it's one of these two right now. Sure, sure. So I think that'll sort itself out. You and I aligned a lot on this one. Oh, really? Okay. And I am just going for little because she's liked her mini. I thought about that as yeah. well. And I don't want her to get into another Mini or a BMW product because, again, you're going to cycle through all of it. Agreed. First. So let's Agreed. get something totally different because I also think it will color you as a person working for BMW to have something else in your life that is not BMW at all. Mm-hmm. I think that will that will color you in a good way to kind of branch out your experience I mean, yeah, as well. Yeah, drive the company car. Totally. But then, of course. You know, she'll have something and you can go. I agree. MX-5s in an auto, perfect. Sure. Your Fiat 500 is really good. MX-5 in the auto is perfect. You can get a first-gen Boxster all day long for yep. this kind of money. Yep. You can also get yourself an MR2 Spider. Oh, sure. Pretty sure those went to Australia. Are those still now around, I, though, I or are they just I, that's, janky That's now. the question. Well, that's the question. So you're going to have to look at it. They're cheap, but they might but be I janky, think the, too. I think the MX-5 is a real option here as well. So one of those are my, are my top three because I think you can get all of the things. She likes small cars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's enjoyed that about the Mini. The problem with Mustangs is since all of those are kind of like rare over there, I think it's going to be beyond the budget. But it may, things it like be, yeah. an MX-5 and an MR2 and a first-gen Boxster, those were just there. Easy. And yeah. now they've just gone down in value. Unless you get and a Ford Capri. You know, <laughs> and, they're, and they're all good to drive. That's the thing about it. They're all excellent to drive. Yeah. So I think those are good. Uh, your 500 is, is rattling around in my head. You're liking I, that, huh? I like that quite a bit. Okay. That's good. All right. If you've got your own debate and you want me to blow out the budget or you don't, please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> and write to us. We will, for sure. One, one of us is bound to. Todd yeah. does it, too. Yes, does it absolutely. Too sometimes. It's not just Paul. Write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or on the website. Under the About tab, there's the Contact button on the webpage, and you can use that to to contact us as well. Topic Tuesdays, car conclusions, and especially your car debates. We really do appreciate you guys sending those in. Thank you so much. Summer is finally here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. You know, the leather seats that you thought were a great idea until you scald your legs. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com. Or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. We have uh, many, many questions from all of you. Thank you for writing in. We won't get to to all of these by any chance. It's just not going to happen. I'm going to start, though, with Cooper's question off of Twitter. He's asking uh, a Goldilocks problem. Okay. I love this. Okay. What do we do when we're in a car, 
with manual seats. You know, if you've got a manual seat, you've oh. got the detents of where it will move. I saw this question. It's good. And the optimal place where you want your recline of the seat back, the place where you absolutely want it is between two of the notches. The notch, one of the notches is too far back. The other one's too far forward. What do you do? Cooper, I've been here, man. I totally have been here. I think we've all been here. It yeah. is frustrating. What I always do is I put it the closer one. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think I end up adjusting to that easier and I drive in a better position. Would I like it a little further back? I would. But the next one, it, it's now more problematic to have it the farther notch back. I had this problem on the Lancer. Yeah. I think about it. Yeah. So, uh, and the Elise doesn't recline. So that problem solved. But, um, yeah, I think it's the closer notch is what you want to go with. And then you just deal. I mean, that was the thing with uh, – look, I've always loved the Evo. I still liked the Lancer in spite of the fact that it blew up on me. The thing about it is that car did not have a good seating position in any variant. The seats were good. The position wasn't. Exactly. That's the seats the were fantastic. Issue. The ergonomics yeah. of the location weren't great, and I just dealt with it because the car was fun to drive. Yeah. All right. Uh, lots of questions over here. There was – there was a question from Michael Garrett that I didn't quite grasp at first, but now I do. It's money, no object. If you could choose two very different cars, but they have the same or closely related engine, what okay. would they be? Okay. Now, his example was the Jaguar XJ220 and the Metro 6R4, which is an Austin Metro or Rover huh. Metro from the early huh. 80s. Okay. Similar as far as engine, but very different cars. I mean, this was an yeah, inexpensive yeah, yeah. subcompact car. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I've been thinking about this and I, it's unclear if that engine was, I don't think it's the same one, but obviously it's V6 and you know, same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So how about a McLaren F1 and a Ferrari 550 Maranello? <laughs> the, the, okay. The V12, both manual. All right. And they're in different spots in the car. They're vastly different price points. Can I go Raptor and Ford GT? I know I can go F-150 and Ford GT. Is the Raptor, I think it's the same block. Well, the Ford GT is a V6. I know. I know. And so is the Raptor. Oh, so is the Raptor. Oh. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh. See where I'm going? I know the F-150, because the joke was it was a truck motor. Right. But I think it's the same V6 now in both. Because originally the Raptor had a variant. But um, it it was a V8. Somebody's going to correct us. I'm looking at three or four people specifically. I know their avatars. They're going to write in. They're writing right now. Probably so. But but I can at least say F-150 and Ford GT because I know those relate. You could do everything with that garage. Wow. That's that's. It's fun to dream. All right. Joshua Robinson asks if we've heard anything substantial about the possibility of Nissan killing off the Infinity brand. Hmm. We've not heard anything like that at this point. What we have heard is Infinity really changing their lineup. But in order to do that, in order to clear out all the <clears throat> the, the cars <laughs> Go in their showroom. There. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I was nice. You were nice. Very, done. Very well done. Yeah. They have to really develop. They have to be able to bring something to market immediately and they're going to want to make a splash and i think that's what they're going to do because i don't know that nissan would be willing to give up a luxury brand because nissan's just art at this point yeah fair point be real swanee from instagram what upcoming sports car are we more excited about i'm still undecided the second gen of the 86 platform or the next gen of the z car oh um, hmm the z car's got a really excite me to get i i i'm skeptical i have my doubts on the i have car. great hopes for the second gen 86 
And so I want to say that because that car plays to my proclivities. It's light. It's small. It's driver-focused. I hope the second gen is the same. That makes me initially want to say that. I'm going to answer both sides of this here. But the 400Z has been more than a decade in the making. Where is that car? I'm excited about it just for the fact that it might exist. We're talking about what Nissan's going to do next. The fact that it may actually be in a showroom, or heck, I'll go one further, actually shown on a show stand and not even available yet is exciting. (laughs) You actually whip the sheet off something. I'm skeptical because we have C8 Corvettes available for sale now and Mm -hmm. Toyota Supras available for sale. Nissan better bring the wood if they're going to make us They have to come to play. You're right. Have All you right. seen there are a couple of Track Daily Crushes that we have to cover? <laughs> okay. I'm going to jump right. into Go one of them it. right now from Mystic Negro. Track Daily Crush. This actually takes some like look it up in history books kind of thing. Neil Armstrong's astronaut issue second gen Corvette. He had a 67 that sold for ridiculous amounts of money not that long ago that James May actually drove. Yeah, I remember that. That one. Yeah. The hero car from the one off James Bond movie on his on Her Majesty's Secret Service. This was George Lazenby. I'm going to go geeky for a second. He was the second guy to play Bond. He was in one film. It is the oddball film because it's also the movie, spoiler alert, where James Bond gets married. Mm, that's right. That's right. And further spoiler, if you've never seen it, spoilering, I'm big, big spoiler alert, and his wife gets killed. Right. And so the next film was the first Roger Moore movie, and it starts with him at her grave. Mm-hmm. That's how they introduced the new James Bond. So it is the one-off James Bond. So all of that to say the DBS from that one, which is a bigger DBS than, we, than the Aston prior, bigger Aston than the one prior – or Cameron's dad, Ferrari, from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Track, Daily, Crush. <laughs> That's an excellent vet, one, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's well done, George. The Vet, the DBS, or Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I'm going to crush the DBS because I wasn't oh. really a big fan of that one. But it is still really it's cool. Special. It's special. Yeah. I'm going to track Neil Armstrong's Corvette. Yeah. I just want to say that sentence legitimately. What are you here today? Oh, I'm here with Neil Armstrong's Corvette. I'm going to track that. Not one like it. The His. car. Yeah. I'm going to track Neil Armstrong's Corvette, and I'm going to daily. I hope. It, I wish it was a real one, not the real rebuilt, but I'm going to daily the rubbed with a diaper Ferrari from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I'm going to leave that one right there. That's so good because I, I think I'm with you on that one. I, I love the Aston, and they're gorgeous. And would I have a classic Aston? Yes, I would. Ooh. Okay, Daniel Yaris on Facebook is asking how we deal with left lane campers. <laughs> the last few months, his drive has been fun and spirited, but now slow drivers do everything so you can't get around them. And if you do, they miraculously speed up and follow you and chase you. And mm-hmm. Daniel tries to legally pass in a passing zone, but he gets the bird. He gets the brights at night. He doesn't tailgate. He's focused. He says, this is just getting out of hand. So mm-hmm. how about a PSA right now if you are... You know, more than five cars behind you, and you know you're kind of slow. This is not – you're not being uh, anything – you're being just asked to to move aside. You're you're not being asked more than that. This is not a – a slant on on your personality. It's always a strike to the ego. That's how people connect it. For sure. For sure. Yep. It's just – could we just pass? And that's it. That's all the the people behind you are asking for. This is not a slight against you. It's not against (laughs) your personality or your talents or your beauty or your sparkling personality. Or your ability to drive. Does not have anything. That person wants to go faster than you. Please let them around. Yeah, Yeah. it's, it's tough. And Daniel, you're doing all the right things. That's all you can do. And that's all you can keep doing. But just sometimes it happens. But if you do get somebody that lets you by, 
please acknowledge them. Please, yes. you know, yes. a couple of taps on the horn, just thumbs up, thank you, thank you, thank you, that kind of thing. That goes a long way. I'm going to do the other track, Daily Crush. Did you see this one? These were both great, by the yeah, way, guys. Uh, Tatum 16, early 2000s retro edition. The Plymouth Chrysler Prowler, <laughs> the Chevrolet SSR, which was their sports car pickup with the retractable oh, hardtop. Yeah. Remember that thing? Toad a feather. Or the Ford Thunderbird. Oh. Chrysler Prowler, Chevrolet SSR, and Ford Thunderbird. I actually looked these up and laid them side by side. Oh, you did? I, I didn't You're remember serious about it. I didn't remember the stats well enough, and I thought this was a fantastic one, so I looked at it. And I have an answer. Okay. I'm going to crush the Ford Thunderbird. Okay, okay. I'm going to daily the Prowler because I am the weird guy that would daily a Prowler. I am that guy. I like the weird, one-off, I can't believe you drive that kind of cars anyway. Yeah. That car was 2,800 pounds, which would suggest track car. But it was wildly underpowered, which suggests just drive it slow. And I think you could only have it with an automatic, too. It's just a V6 with an auto. I believe so. So Chrysler Prowler is my daily. Plymouth Prowler is my daily. And that means I'm tracking the Chevy SSR, which is terrifyingly heavy, but it's 400 horsepower. That's not bad. I, so I would crush regard, the Thunderbirds. Yeah. yeah, they're just crush-worthy. I. Sorry, but yeah, the first car that when I interned at Ford, walked into the studio and there was a 56 sitting there and I went, sweet, a Ford Thunder. What's that bread van next to it? (laughs) Gak. (laughs) What are you people doing? Everybody wonders why Paul didn't wind up with a job at Ford. Anyway, yeah. It's nasty. Anyway, thanks to Jay Mays to shepherd that through and then kill it again. Anyway, (laughs) uh, I'm with you on that one. And uh, I, I will reveal that my dad wanted to buy my mom a Prowler. When it came out. Really? He thought she would look cute in one. That's hysterical. Can you I believe that? that? That is very funny. And she wouldn't have known what to do with that more <laughs> than... Like, why do we have this? <laughs> but he's right. She would have looked cute. I love it. Wow. All right. What else we got on here? Oh, Ed Hayes asking about thoughts on different drivetrain layouts for electric cars. Mm. For example, would you put the batteries in the back of an electric 911, assuming physics allows it to fit? So what you're asking for, Ed, is replacing the weight balance in mm-hmm. the current cars mm-hmm. where the motor, the heaviest thing on the car, is currently with batteries and trying yeah, to yeah, replicate yeah. that weight balance on future electric cars. Is it necessary, though? Because with electric cars, you've got such a, a new way of redistributing mm-hmm. the weight to make cars better. And if you think cars are so good now, how do we make them better in the future? Mm-hmm. It is that distribution of weight and that's balance. Great. So that's great. I don't know that they need to, even though that sounds logical. Well, yeah, let's replace that lump of engine yeah. with yeah. batteries about the same weight and then distribute everything else as necessary. You would have the same dynamic handling characteristics. Theoretically, yeah. Theoretically, yeah. But do you need to is my question. Why can't we make the 911 better than it was for that future electric 911? I. Well, what am I saying? It needs to still be a flat six, but maybe they will. Maybe they won't. I mean, <laughs> you've just confused shoot, yourself. They're, they're doing Tycons. I'm over here in Tycon land, whimpering. Yeah, there's a lot of them in Park City now. I don't know if I've seen. I've seen three in the last week. You have a white, a red, and a black. You're kidding me. Yep. I saw a black one on the way over here. Well, that's yeah. the thing about Park City. It's Name Park a car. City. Oh yeah. When the Urus so came out, we're one. like, oh, there's one. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Jesse wrote in on Facebook and said, for our winter tires, do we have a separate set of wheels or do we do the mechanic swap out uh, every season? I've done both, Jesse. I far prefer having dedicated wheels. For example, the uh, the Phaeton, when mm-hmm. I bought it, had 
pretty decent brand new AS3s on it all seasons for when I wasn't in the dead of winter. So I didn't get extra wheels for that car knowing what we were using it for. I just had them put the winter tires on uh, the, the base rims. I just kept the tires over the winter. But for example, the Cayenne that I have, I have two full sets of wheels and tires. On the FRS, I had two full sets of wheels and tires. I did on the Mini as well. I much prefer having the two sets. You can just dedicate them. And you can swap it out yourself. That's the big thing because the thing I notice around here is that the minute you get kind of to a season change, all of the places that will do the swaps are inundated. And mm. I can go out for an hour in my garage and I can swap them myself. So that's why I prefer the wheels. But you can go either way depending upon your budget and time. All right. Color Cartel, our friend, had really thought the Super would be based on the Lexus LC500, which yeah. is what we've currently got. Yeah. And then it wasn't. He says, having driven the LC500 and the Super, do we think they made the right call going with a fresh co-developed platform instead? Yes, I do. Indeed, I do. And I can see how you got there because that FT1 concept was a bit bigger and seemed like it would fit over that LC platform. Yeah. But then in reality, the, the design brief they went after was the Boxster and Cayman, which had yeah. shorter wheelbases yeah. and are much smaller cars. So therefore, a new platform had to be developed and it was co-developed. So they made the right call. You have to drive a Supra. For their target, I think they did. The question would be if they had made a Supra that is off that LC500, because I wanted this too. It's a great question. Would it have been more of a fast GT car? And how would people have responded to that? Mm. Because I don't think about the Supras prior to this one. I don't think of those first and foremost as little tiny agile cars. If I think about the sure. lineage of Supra, I think of them a little more like powerful GT cars. Sure. They're closer to that world. So in that regard, I think you could have done one on the LC500 had it looked like the FT1 concept and said, this is the new Supra. There'd still be angry people because it's the internet and it's the Supra name. <laughs> exactly. But I wonder if that would have also worked. But you're right. The minute they decided we want to compete with the Boxster and Cayman, that chassis and the weight of it and all of that of the LC500 is too big. It's too big for sure. For sure. All right, uh, Okazi Chab asks our thoughts on keeping a fire extinguisher in the car. It's not a bad idea, certainly. Modern cars don't really need one in the car, but, you know, preventative me measures, you never know yeah. what's going to happen. So, you know, they're an accessory from, you know, a sports car standpoint, and some people like to show them off, but it's not a bad idea, honestly. Glenn, I want, he's written in before. You've been with us a long time. Glenn. Yeah, you Glenn. Wrote in, you've owned just about every car that we've ever mentioned on this show. You have owned. You've owned an <laughs> yeah. M1, an M2. You've owned the AMG 45, yes, the GLA, the GLA that we love so much. He's, you've had the GLA as well. You were one of the first people that told us how much you loved it. You've owned just about everything. So you're asking a question about our icon film. I've had this question before. I don't know if I've ever answered it. Because in that film, we bring along the 1M. Mm-hmm. And the M2, which are not really M3s based on, you know, numbers. So we, we did really like those, and that changed our top three. So the question that comes up now and then is people go, okay, what would have been your top three if you hadn't had an M2 and 1M available as well? Mm. And I'm not going to go in order here, but I'm going to tell you the three cars that for me define the M3. The original E30. Yeah. yeah. The E46. And the E94 door. Done. I love, those are my, my three that I love that I just go, that to me is what an M3 should be. Pete Galindez asks how we think the huge spindle grill of BMW will grow on us like the Lexus spindle grill. I think you mean the beaver teeth, and I'm just, yeah. I, mm. Will it grow on us? Or like a Lexus, <laughs> will it look good on some models and not others? I'm trying to think of cars that those beaver teeth will look good on. I will say. I'm at the end of my thought. <laughs> 
you've already failed. You have a really good video. One of your design videos coming up is on that, and we're all I'm, I'm practically holding my breath. I'm very excited. I will say this: that the when the Lexus Predator Maw came out, we universally hated it. The two of us universally hated it. Yeah. And the first thing we saw it on, we went, that actually works, was the LC500. And the fact that it works on the LC500, I think, made it a little more palatable on a couple other cars. Like, I think that the IS eventually grew into it. But... I think it's grown back out now with a refresh. Yeah, there's a whole separate problem there. By and large, I don't like that grill still. And I think, I've mentioned this before, I don't think car makers should feel like they have to put the exact same, I know it's corporate look, but the exact same grill in every car. I'll give you a great example. What is the GTR doing with the weird chrome V that's also on the Sentra? Doesn't need to be there. So yeah, I think car makers – I don't know. Once Audi started doing this very, very well in the late 90s, early 2000s, everybody decided we must do this on everything. Now, I realize BMW and others have done it, but Audi really said we're going to lead with a huge shield that we could put knights behind, and we're going to put it on everything. And it doesn't always work on everything, but Audi kind of made it work. You had everything from the R8 to the A3 had the same grill, and it kind of worked for that generation. I do think car makers should free themselves and just be like, this car's not going to have it because it doesn't look right on it. All right, uh, last question for me. Alexander Lazov asks about leasing a Julia to have fun at the track. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a leased car, but I, you know, unless it's not in your clause, you know, that you can't. Yeah. I don't see why you can't. How much are you going to track it? I mean, I, if you're, if you're, buy, I will say this. If you're purchasing for tracking, there are better choices. If you're talking oh, sure. about, I want a Julia and should I go track it? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Guys, thank you so much for all your questions. Really appreciate it. Keep writing to us, and we've got so much coming your way. We're uh, we're in a busy season, which is seems it's like great. we're always in a busy season. We are, but but the ramp up to the TV releases is always a big thing. Season seven starts on Motor Trend. We are back on Motor Trend as of July fourth, Saturday. We are starting with a couple of reruns yes, yes. as we're finishing up our five brand new episodes. The rerun that starts the season, we couldn't go better than our red, white, and blue all-American Z06 Corvettes for everyone. That kicks off our return to Motor Trend. We have five new episodes coming. I'm very excited about it, in case you can't tell. We're smack in the middle of post-production right now, and it's going very well. I'm really excited. We've got not only five new <laughs> Just episodes. Wish we had squibs down the highway. Sir, with, we should the cars. It feels like, that way. Boom, boom, boom. Because Michael Bay in, was here. We're in a lot of brand new locations. There's a lot of great aerial footage. It's a fun season. I can't it wait is. to share. It is cool. Guys, thank you so much. Cheers, everyone.